Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Michael Daniels. How's it going this week, Mike? Oh, I'm freezing, Dennis. I am freezing. Yeah, what's what's the deal with this weather? It's global warming. It's mm. global warming. It causes, causes it to be cold when it's warm. That's what uh, I hear, though I don't... Yeah. It sounds like fake news to me. It's fake news. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love all this stuff. The uh, yeah, it's it's something like it, today. It snowed. It, yeah, for those we, when we're recording it, it's April sixteenth today when we we are recording this. Yeah, we snowed. we got snow here too, which it surprises me more. Though there were a couple times where you guys got snow uh, for the benefit of our listeners, n- none of whom are not from Bloomington. Um, <laughs> where where Mike lives is about four hours straight south of where I live, and so it's on general on general in general it's colder here but uh there have been a couple times this spring where it snowed down there and there was no snow here yeah that's a weird phenomenon it's mostly mostly precipitation like it was cold enough to have snowed but yeah it just depends how it works well the it got it was warm almost 80 degrees here this week or last week sorry um, mm-hmm. you know, for a good chunk, it was in the seventies and then goes straight down. I mean, two days later and we are, are just freezing my, yeah, city, I mean, yeah. it was pretty cold last weekend when I was down for the combine. I mean, I recall I had like a, a short sleeve shirt and a blazer that I wear a lot and, yeah. um, and I didn't take any other jacket and it really was almost too cold to be walking anywhere which bums yeah. me out because that's one of my favorite things about bloomington is that you can walk all over yeah it's uh it, it's just that the was it 25 to no it's i take the back it's uh almost a 50 point 50 degree swing that's just oh yeah yeah i mean that's t- that's just a horrible thing in the winter you don't have that you get you know if it's warm it's 35 and then it's cold it's 20 you know but it's the spring it's the- it goes from 80 to 30 within the, two days the, me- the meme i saw which it keeps getting more and more appropriate as this weather craziness continues um is that uh the meme said winter 2017 2018 is like having an argument with your friend or significant other and they storm off and then a minute later they come back and another thing <laughs> it just keeps coming back and keeps yeah. coming back yeah. yeah yeah and well the 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 bad you know I, someone had told me i was talking to them the other day they said well the thing that makes them upset about it is not just the cold but that it's going to make us skip spring is what's going to happen mm. we're just we're just not going to have a nice we'll go straight spring. into 80 90 degrees yeah yeah sweaty. i mean it was it was Grossness. eighty. It was almost eighty degrees, and it was you know I'd wear shorts and a, and a thin shirt um, to to walk outside because it was actually warm. It was, but I I really I really enjoy those light jacket kind of days that are in the you know uh, yep. high sixties yep. you know high seventies or whatever. Um, so that it's just like seventy two is a perfect de- degree outside, and then you can sit out there and enjoy that. Um, I love that. I love the big I'm, windy marches, but we're not having any of that. I'm so. I'm all about like like 66 I'm a little I like it a yeah. little bit cooler than a little bit cooler but yeah yeah oh well, well so anyway that, that's how it's been it's just it's and I'm down I'm down at I record downstairs and it is nice and chilly down here I should have in your, in your basement yeah yeah basement. so what um what have you been up to since we recorded like four days ago that's right yeah we had a short week last time and then right into this one I actually been doing a lot pretty uh 
good different things here. I had uh, Bill came down, one of our uh, guests that we had, had hosts oh, yeah, on yeah. one time. He came, I hadn't seen him, well, heck, since last time we recorded, he lives up in Indy. Um, and just scheduling and being adults and parents and stuff like that, it's difficult to come down. But So he came down and uh, we played what, played some Star Wars Legion or Star Wars Legion and watched some Beer Fest and played some video games and uh, went out, ate at the what local is, um, place. What's Star Wars Legion? I don't know if I've heard of that. Uh, it's a miniatures game. Um, okay, okay. I remember Bill saying when he was on the show that he's a big uh, <laughs> he's a big miniatures big mini, guy. Yeah, right. Big mini person. Uh, yeah, it's it's the the X wing was the big fantasy flight thing that came out recently with with star wars where I, they had the miniatures. I played x-wing or at least saw it it was it's similar to um uh wings of glory except right. star wars and not world war one and two themed right um and it, it it got pretty big it was really popular and and i loved it i loved the ships the details it was as always mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. fantasy flight is expensive to get into sure um and then it really devolved into some money type meta gaming type things where it's mm. not it's not the ships that like you buy the ships fine but you get the cards in the ships, like the, you get the, the the stat bonus cards or whatever in the package. Okay. And then, so, I mean, I don't go into the mechanics again too much, but the idea is that, well, I want that bombing run upgrade on all my ships, and only one of those cards comes with the bomber and the thing. So you have to buy like four packages oh. of the thing to get, but just get the four copies. You won't use all four bombers; you'll just use one, but you'll get the upgrade card for all your other, you know, stuff. That's um. That's an interesting uh, a chance for me to, to to segue into not not really a not really a whole topic, but we talked last week about um, living card games. Oh yeah, yeah. As you re- as you recall, and another, mm-hmm. I believe it's another fantasy flight game is the Lord of the Rings, the mm-hmm. card game, their their yep. living card game, which has been out what like seven or eight years. It's been a while. It's not. It's not super new and. Its format is like a big box to start that has a number of campaigns. You explained it last last week, but um, you build up your deck and then you play through these scenarios. And then they did like monthly s- scenario uh, like releases, scheduled yep. releases, and then they did several uh, expansions that added yep. a whole new like the the scenarios i think had their own their like pilot episode would have more cards that you could add to your deck and as i was researching that trying to figure out what i should buy how to get into it i watched the um uh the dice tower youtube review of the game just to see you know to get it to see it you know get a visual kind of experience for it see if it's something that i that i would want to buy and then i started you know like looking around on videos and the forums uh board game geek and stuff about what what people's advice is for buying and i found out that a lot of people they like buy two copies of the core set because there yep. are a couple powerful cards that you want to have and i'm yep. like oh man this is this is a thing this is a whole thing <laughs> right, and right. it's a it was a little bit daunting but uh, I went on the I went on the Board Game Geek marketplace, and somebody like three days ago had posted up their whole collection. Um, oh, nice! They had like a custom box insert, and they had two copies of the core, the Kazat Dune expansion, which is yeah, all about dwarves. The, box, right? yep. the first Hobbit expansion, and like half a dozen or more of the of the 
um, scenario ep- the scenario packs. packs. And it was... Uh, it was a hundred dollars plus shipping. I'm trying to decide whether to whether to say that more vaguely, but right. um, the the core game and the big boxes are around thirty, maybe a little less, maybe a little more a piece. And so, like, just those big boxes are like a hundred and twenty dollars retail easily. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And then all the scenario packs. So I'm like, I'm like, I haven't played it yet. It's kind of a lot of money to drop, you know on a game that I'm not sure if I'll like or not. Yeah, that, that's... that's. But, uh, you know, I figured... Now, like, I'll have more than enough. Like, if I want, you know, there's, there's you know, a card that there's only one of in the core. Now I have two of them or whatever, however that works. Um, yeah. And I can try it this summer. Um, Andrew's moving back home, so I think I, I should be able to get him to, to try it with me. Uh, I know that it also is a, uh, you know, solitaire experience so i'll try that and you know i figured worst case scenario i hate it i'm sure i can sell it at gen con for almost as much as i paid and i'm i'd I'd still be out less than if i had just bought the course at retail i mean that that's a good way to think about it is that you know you can you can always that's something you can probably make your money back and you can't say that with a lot of games but that one you have like a set and it's getting the whole well yeah and and the and the guy is selling it for so cheap compared to i mean it's not super cheap he's not giving it away you know it's it's it's, like almost twenty dollars in shipping because it's a heavy box of cards but um so i guess that that is probably unless i think of anything else in the next five seconds that's probably my good news for the week oh you just jumped right into i know i i I screwed up the flow completely completely So you go, go well, you, wait. I, I have you, more questions you, for you. On you that. set me up with the with the Star Wars thing, so you know, I right. segue well, right into it. You're you know. like going from one topic to the next, to the next, and I got things from the original one to talk about. We got to um, circ- we got to circle back to uh, yeah. the the weather. You you got more no, thoughts on no, the weather? No, not that far. <laughs> I circle back to uh, the, the Legion game. Um, oh, right, right. That's where right. We, so because you weren't we even got, talking about Legion, you were talking about. Uh, X-wing. Like Bill, Bill, well, Bill coming over too. Um, right. The uh, okay, so Bill came over. We played Star Wars Legion, and it's so X-wing. X-wing is a like a little flying type miniatures game mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. you know Star Wars type stuff, and Legion is their new one. And they've been selling X-wing for a, a, a lot, but it's just got it hit that critical mass where okay, we're not we're only selling to no new people anymore. It's just uh, the hardcore, and they're dwindling down. Sure. Um, so, and you they, they made the, it. yeah. I mean, because I'm sure there are new people like me getting into living card games, but yeah. a game like that that has cards and miniatures, it's it's by necessity more expensive because you've yeah. got all these pre-painted miniatures, right? And yeah, and so your your like core player base doesn't doesn't sustain it only ever dwindles well it does and the the real problem becomes is if you add a game like that where you're adding more cards or more you know miniatures or whatever and and it's that it's that feeling you're consistently making the barrier to entry higher oh yes absolutely and And, and so you're preventing your player base from growing yeah and the player base is there it's it's hardcore while they could get excited about expansion over time they're going to end up being um uh, fatigued, like, oh, I've got to buy a whole other bunch of stuff on this thing to get these cards. And it's like, you know, to be, to remain competitive 
on the tournaments right. and things. So it just it's one of those. Okay, it's time. It's a good time to move on. And I mean, not not that they're ending X Wing. They're still you know continuing with it. But they so this new one is called um, Legion, and what it is is it's the same kind of thing, but it's miniatures on the ground. Ground levels um, closer it, to like a um, like a Warhammer. Yes. So, so you have Darth Vader and heroes and you've got stormtroopers and rebels and speeder bikes and things like that. You still got Um, some, some ATATs and whatnot. If you spend all your points, I I would assume that they're probably going to have something like that. Um, um, the, the, the thing is that it's, it, they get take some of the mechanics of like, you know, you have to make the quick banking right turns and is those kind of hard turn things that you would pick on, wings of war wings of glory um and they make it where um it's just they've got measuring sticks that bend so like the people walking and things it's i mean it's mm-hmm. it's it's yeah, just that's it's classic adapted. That's, that's classic what i think of miniatures games you're yeah. like you're there with string and yardsticks and stuff right and they come with these really nice better answers to that for this game um but the uh and, and it it just takes the same kind of concept and same ideas of you know characters and boosted and i'm sure People who are longtime fans of the 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 space one, the X Wing, realize that they've made improvements. I'm sure, um, right? But it's it's still the same thing. It's like okay, now it's it's a miniatures Star Wars miniatures game that you're buying, and 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 like all these kind of hobbyist miniature games, they're very expensive. Yeah, um, so it's a lifestyle it, game. It, 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 that's exactly the word that, that <laughs> you used, I think, and Bill had used yeah, too. I, um, I, I did last last week. Right, right. So something that bugged me about it a lot was that you have to, you it comes unpainted and the pieces aren't put together. Like you actually have to model and glue them together. Well, oh sure, glue. yeah. It's I mean it's a it's a subset or whatever. It's a it's a subset's the wrong word. It's like a cousin to modeling, like model uh, assembly, like model cars yeah. and stuff, or right. um, model railroads. Well, they, the problem I have with games like that is that it's it's really mixing your your people here. You're try, you're you want to have you're getting you're going to need people who want to do modeling and painting that also mm. want to play the games, and you want to have people that play games that also want to model. Right. You know, what I mean, you're not getting just because you put these things in one box doesn't mean you're going to get people who want to model and people who want to play games. Yeah, you you almost by definition are catering almost exclusively to a hardcore player base. Yeah, I guess the term's an exclusive or instead of inclusive or. You know, it's it's taking that Venn diagram and you're only getting the middle people, not the the outside. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Um so the <laughs> and and that's the real problem. I mean, I guess it's the programming becoming. I'm I'm thinking um, now of that of that Penny Arcade. Oh, right. Yeah. Where he, he's got them he's got them unpainted and instead of instead of painting them or getting somebody to paint them for him, which is what I would do because I don't Yep. Like I was not good enough at painting when I was young and it's a, it's not, it's not improved. That's not something that improves with time if you don't do anything with it. But, uh, instead yeah, of, but- instead of getting the miniatures painted, he, uh, he just makes up some lore for why they're all gray. <laughs> that's what it said. Right. On, yeah. On the penny arcade. On penny right. arcade. It's, it's <laughs> right. Funny. Cause they're the ghost legion or some kind of stuff like that. But. It's interesting that that concept of, of the Venn diagram or the exclusivity, uh, it sort of ties into the, the conversation we had in group chat earlier today about um, video game companies and how uh, Blizzard has a very deliberate model of trying to include both something for 
the very dedicated, the very hardcore, if you will, player base, mm-hmm. but also putting in hooks and activities and grinds or or whatever for the the larger casual uh, community, which is mm-hmm. is good for the longevity of a game because yeah. you you some some of those casuals will convert into hardcores and the whole system you know yeah you gotta have keeps, the health, keeps the moving forward kind of yeah. Stuff. yeah the barrier for entry is lower well that so the, this legion it, it was fun my review i guess short little thing was that it was fun i enjoyed it um it was i don't want to say it was thematic but maybe a little bit i guess darth vader was kind of felt like darth vader speeders did feel like the speeders i played empire um but did the, did the stormtroopers have really low accuracy uh, they had medium accuracy. Things what they were actually, believe it or not. Did you like? Uh, right. you, you have to roll a d. You have to roll two d six and get higher than. Well, nine. It's, I was I was trying to think actually is that the way they have like three. Of course, it's fantasy flight, so they've got specialized d eights. You know, with mm. like hit. It's, it can't just be one to eight, and if you hit a one, it's a miss. A two is a hit. No, it's got to be like, you know, <laughs> two of the sides are bangs, another side's a critical one, and then they have special symbols and. Anyway, um, like, there uh, are like the challenge dice in in Star Trek Adventures. Exactly, exactly. So you've got um, three dice, and you know, there's a, the red ones are good to hit with, and the black ones are not so great, and the white ones suck. And I think the, I think the stormtroopers are right in the middle, which is weird. They should be at the bottom. But I, anyway, I can't think. Could you name the first game you played that had that mechanic with like stronger and weaker dice? Uh, you mean with the symbols and stuff, or no, like oh. um, like zombie dice? Okay, have you yeah, played? Have, have, have you played zombie dice? Yeah, I, I own that one. You oh, know I see. How, yeah, like yeah. the red dice are worse than the greens. You know what? It might be zombie dice. I can't think of anything back before that because know, like... the the dice in uh, we talked about this last week. Uh, Champions of Midgard, which represent your troops, they yeah. represent uh, like swordsmen spearmen and axemen and then yeah. there are also like valkyries or something from valhalla and they all have different distributions of symbols as far as like attacking and defending which felt yeah. like felt like a really well thought out system that i didn't uh ex- you know that i didn't interact with all that much in one game in one yeah. play session well the the um there's this interesting game but really quick side note that i saw when passing through at gen con where this game has these um it's a good looking game and it had these six-sided dice the d6s and the way that they were a little bit bigger than normal six-sided dice and they the sides were modular like you could pop off the sides and the game centered around like I, i didn't see the mechanics of it but the way it the gist of it I got was that you can upgrade your dice and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. by purchasing, you know, sides for them. Microtransactions. Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and, and so then you would, you like literally, you know, change your dice to be more suited to what you want it to be. So your six sides are different based on what you want. Right, and then right. you can get more dice to change and stuff like that. So I, I think that's I weird. heard that's, somebody that's say crazy, that I know crazy level of customiza- customization. It does. Now, I think I heard somebody when I was asking about it say that the game itself wasn't that good. Um, of course and yesterday, not. yesterday when I went and saw it, I actually saw it on Amazon when I was looking for another game. And um, 
I was tempted, but like uh, I, that's one I want to. That's one I want to play. But. Well, they anyway. They wasted all of their all of their creativity on that on that dice thing. I do dice remember, to, which is probably to, patented, and no one can else use that. Idea sure, of course. So. Just but. just to jump back briefly, did you ever play? I want to say, I want to say it was called like Risk Two or something. It was the f- possibly the first uh, video game version of Risk that I played that wasn't like you know something crappy for DOS. Mm, I don't know. Um I'll I'll find it and link it in okay. the show notes, but um it was a it was a video game version of Risk that had an alternate real-time version. Okay. Uh, mode, play mode where you um it's sort of like I'm not sure what to compare. There are several board games that use this mechanic where you uh it's everybody plans out their um their actions in phases and so like everybody decides where they're going to place troops in one phase like you all pick and then it executes them all and then you all pick where you're going to attack and then it executes them all okay so it's a thing that only it only really works in a video game right. um and you could do like one country could attack to several others or several others could attack one. Okay. Right? You could do asynchronous uh, attack moves. Okay. But instead of the t- the traditional, you know, three versus two d six uh, risk attack. Yeah. Uh, method. That I hate. There were weighted dice. So, like, if you had a, a lot of dudes, you had dice that had higher numbers on them, and if you had weaker dudes you had weaker dice they were like white to black or something oh and that's then it was kind of old that, that's the first and it's a video game but it's like a, a board game video game that's the first system i recall that had like explicitly different uh strengths of dice all right the only thing i can think of like you said was zombie dice i mean mm-hmm. it's I mean, I'm sure there's more, but that's the only thing that come to come to my head. Yeah. Um, uh, but going back further now, stepping along was, um, yeah, it's cool about the getting the Lord of the Rings thing. We'll have to play it if you get that in and see. I mean, if you like it, tell me how it is. I, I think it's a very difficult game. I've mentioned that last week, mm-hmm. um, but in a good way. And something I, I failed to mention was that when you when you play through a scenario, you don't feel like you're going to go back and play it again. So I guess it doesn't give it really a replayability per se, unless you wanted to like, you know, change your deck or one, characters. Or one of the that. things somebody said was to, um, to try in one of the, in one of the threads with the buying advice, they were like, play through the core set, um, and play through, play through each of the sessions with a different, whatever, whatever color is called in that game. Yeah, sure. Like a, a different color deck, so that you okay. get a, you get a feel for how the colors work. They're not actually colors, but you know. What yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. About. The themes or the, the icons yeah, the, or themes or something. Yeah, um, yeah. And that you'll probably lose most of those games, but it, as as far as the like learning to play. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. Seems interesting true. to me. I don't know if I'll have the patience for that, but yeah, we'll that, see. that's the thing is I, I'm not sure I would have the patience for it either because it's it's uh, I know that. I played them, and I think as any kind of card game player with any experience, you get the idea. Oh, this one's about drawing. Oh, this one's about healing. Mm-hmm. Oh, this one's about attack. This one, you know, yeah. um, for for the most part, not always, but you you kind of get the gist of it. It's just like um, the it's like the colors or themes in uh, Eternal, the card game, or okay. like the classes in Hearthstone. Yeah, 
You're like, oh, yeah, several of the classes have secrets. Most of them have some kind of heal. There are also classless cards that are yeah. that are universal, but, like, you know, they right. they all kind of trend toward a specific uh, play style. Well, the, in, in that game, I had mentioned, it, like, economy being tight and the game itself being a very tight game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of that, I mean, is that you only have so many cards you're allowed in a deck... And right. you have to pick three different things, like you said, those color type things. So if if one of them, let's say, is your heal, um, and you finally get out a character that can heal, like you just happen to get in one, and then it's it's so every turn matters type thing, and then you spend one turn to get that one healing card that you can finally got in your hand out, mm-hmm. and then it dies. <laughs> it's like it's just so devastating that like every card matters you know everything mm. is super important so yeah i get their thing about like hey make sure you you know try to play them all to see what they do but m- my take away from that was that you know i found one or two that i absolutely love and they are the only thing that i can know that make make it work um so i, yeah. I stuck with those so, like those are the yeah. two that and, i know that i gotta have and that's the thing that that makes people say like buy two copies of the base game because there's some card that there's only one or two of, and they're like, yeah, everybody needs at least one of this card in their deck. Right. Right. Well, the, yes. And and another thing about to answer that thing about the multiple core set is that you get so many cards in the core box, and actually today the core box is, I, I, last I remember, was relatively inexpensive. Um, yeah, it's like or 33. Maybe, right. Um, is that you? if you want a multi-deck build and not have to swap out cards all the time, that makes it just a, mm-hmm. just a ton, e- a ton easier. Yeah. So like I, I like I'd like to have two decks so that I can try something different. But you know the one with Aragorn, I love those cards, and I'd, I'd have to pull those four. I'd have to put them in my other deck, like all every deck I make because they're so good. You know, but right. you only got four. Um, so having a second one's not not a. And I did I did I bought one at Gen Con in the auction store for like twenty bucks. So it was like yeah, and it was wrapped. So um, definitely. I picked up on that. Anyway, it's fun. It's cool. It's good Good to hear that you got that one. Um, I bought uh, a game as well. I think it was on the same day that you had said you were going <laughs> to think about buying that. Um, it was the, um, oh, I don't even remember, the Dragonfire was, I think, it's, is it? It's the D&D deck building type game. Okay. Um, Dragonfire. Yeah, I see a picture of it here. Yeah, Dragonfire. I didn't notice um, it was a D&D board game. Yeah, it's, it's so it's. It's it. First off, I saw last year at Gen Con they they had big display for it at the the D and D booths, and um, I was like, oh okay, a new a board game for D and I'm always a sucker for a theme game that I, from a theme that I like. Um, and then it said deck builder. I was like, oh, you've got me, you've got me already. Um, and then I was <laughs> looking at the tables. I there was a long line to get even into a demo, so I didn't get an opportunity to even demo it. Um, and but. I was really hard for me to look at the table because they have like character sheets. It's a deck builder with like DM little DM shields mm. and your character and your deck is a class and you have little cards in front of you that are your class, like your warrior or a ranger or something like that. And, and you, you build a deck. So I was like, wow, this is like really D and D thematic, but interesting. It's, it's like how the tyrants of the underdark is a deck builder with a board right so th- this this sounds like it's like a deck builder with a character sheet it's like a, a different uh you know twist on 
on deck builders. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and it was interesting to me. So all those things, whether so you the bu- game you is... bought that one, but you, have you played it yet? No, I get it, online? It, it comes to, it comes tomorrow. So got I it. bought it off Amazon. Um, I got that. And the, the last selling point for me that was really big thing was that there's a lot of expansions to it. So, which is, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. whether it's good or not, I, I like the <laughs> idea that, that if it's a good game that I, I'll be able to get more and expand upon that, you know, and, and make it better. And, and the way this, I was reading some of the expansions, it's that it's a very, it's a co-op, which is another big thing was good for me is that you can, um, like Sid and I can play it. Yeah. yeah. And in each, each, there's literally like scenarios, kind of like the, the living card game. So you play through a story in this one against, against a bad guy, you know, there's like a boss. Hmm. Um, and then, so it's, you have to, like legendary, kind of similar to, um, to the Lord of the Rings game. It does. It does so far. And, and I was assuming the boss is kind of like how legendary has a boss that you have to beat. And, and there's a, uh, a story, which would be the, you know, scenarios or whatever. Um, but you can buy these expansions have like more story and another bosses, you know, and I guess more cards, but they're just little $10, $15 expansions, which I'd mentioned before that I liked. And then they had big box expansions like already. Um, so that was all positive for me. Like, you know what? Worst case I buy this one. Granted it was a little, little pricey, but, um, I think it's bases at $60 and I bought it for 45 on Amazon. Oh um, yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Right. But I was, you know, it's, like I said, checked all those boxes and I'm in them. Worth, for, worth checking out. So. I know for you, you like all the D and D board games. For, uh, for the yeah, most part. I mean, I mean, they're I, probably I, more than yeah. I know about, but yeah, uh, they're, they're, I mean, you know, water deep is it's... an excellent worker placement. Yes, Tyrants of the right. Underdark is a, is a pretty good deck builder. Yep. Yep. And I, I liked the dungeon command when that was out. It's a miniatures type game. That was really cool. That man, we should talk about that sometime. It's a, there's, um, that's one of those underrated games. It's amazing. Ra- Ravenloft, which is, it's nice, but Ravenloft. it has a, has a ton yeah. of little bits. Pieces and fiddly bits, right. You know, hey, I'll just mention it now. So there was a game about seven or eight years ago, maybe maybe that long cheese, called Dungeon Command. And it was, okay. uh, there, D&D used to have a miniatures game back in fourth edition. You out. know, I think I've heard of Dungeon Command. I don't remember yeah. where or how. But. So, so, you know, 15 years ago, there, the D&D miniatures game it was really good. It was a good game, but it was one of those really bad strategies where they, you have to buy blind booster boxes and not knowing what you're getting and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. that's why you can go today still at Gen Con and see these huge barrels of miniatures that they sell for the D and D stuff. And most of the people just wanted to use them like myself for, you know, the D and D role playing games. Yeah. Right. Um, but it, it had a, a straight up good, you know, if not a little bit complex and expensive miniatures game. Um, and then later on, after they, you know, discontinued that, they came out with this thing called Dungeon Command, and I don't think it took off like the way they thought. But man, I bought all the packs for it, so it's kind of <laughs> like the living thing, and that you buy a box. And I'm trying to look over my, I've got it right over across the room here. Um, like they have one one set is called um, um, the Tyranny of the Goblins, and all it is is you get like two armies. I guess you'd say pre-made armies of um, goblins and maybe under dark type creatures. And they're, mm-hmm. they're miniature armies and with the cards and everything, everything that you get. So it's like a, it took all of the blind booster stuff out of the miniatures game and then simplified okay. the miniatures game and gave you a board and stuff like that. So you, you're playing. Yeah. And it, and it was 
it was really great because I love a full in the box miniatures game that I can play and I don't have to do all the the work. Um, and it was relatively inexpensive. I think it was like twenty five dollars for for to get all the miniatures and everything you want in one box. There was like four boxes um, uh, that you could buy. Like uh, another one was the the Heart of Cormier, which is basically your adventurers and stuff. And then there was the Spiders of Lolth, which was under dark creatures and drow. Um, but it, like I said, you get everything in the box. That's all you needed. And the downside it was it's a two player game, so hmm. you, you had to getting somebody to play it with you or finding somebody to like also buy it. Just like a duel. Fun. Yeah, yeah, coincidentally, so. coincidentally, talking about that, I got an email on my. Uh, you know, I I bought the whatever they, they call it something else, but it's basically a season pack of Star Trek Adventures PDFs. Okay. And so I got an email oh, yeah, yeah. this right. last week. They released a new um a new PDF that is a it's a new set of combat rules that is focused it's sort of focused around this idea of skirmishes where two people get a bunch of units, you know, and you play with miniatures. Yep. And there are squad rules if you've got like a squad of Klingon you know, uh, troops, whatever, mm-hmm. fighting against a Starfleet officer or whatever. Yep. And, um, it, it read, to, I didn't, I didn't read the whole thing in, in detail because I got far enough to figure out where they were going with that and realize that it was not, uh, applicable to what we're doing with our yeah. role-playing sessions. But, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's, uh, like I said, similar to a miniatures game, which is funny that you just, Right, right. Bought a bought a game that. and played a game like that. Well, the so so yeah. I guess the the long short of that is that I, I do like a lot of those D and D themes. I mean, maybe it's just a soft spot for what pure fantasy is is kind of D and D stuff, and sure. it sticks to that. But um, anyway, yeah. I, I so any of those kind of games, I do give a little bit of extra points to in my book. But most of them are are at least mid midway of you know they get a five or a six out. I think every, most D and D themes games I've played are, are like that one. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for this one. Hopefully it'll be good, you know? And, uh, you know, another thing too, is I've read so many D and D books, like actual novels and books that I know so many of the characters and it's mm. nice that every once in a while see a character pop up that like, Oh, I know that guy. Um, even though you don't need to know it, they're just random names that sure. somebody might not know, but it's kind of cool. To, a little bit of fan that. service. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that's, um, I, I bought that game. I'm excited for it to come in. And maybe next week I'll be able to to mention it. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Let our listeners know how, how right. you liked it. I did get to, so I'm going to swing around from games here a little bit. I When okay. Bill came over, he had just casually mentioned this show called Beer Fest that, that uh, he'd watched and, mm. and he Is thought I'd watched it. It's a movie, right? A, um, a little bit older one. Not super I think old, so. It's like, like 10, it's like around years. the Super Troopers era type thing. I'm not sure how that is, but the um, when um, and I was like, I hadn't watched it, so he was like, Oh my god, I can't believe you watched it, and it's on Netflix, and so we we went through and watched it. Um, it's exactly the kind of I couldn't get over the fact that we were talking about like when we watched that show Game Over Man is what it was, mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. is how dumb things are dumb, like not great <laughs> movies, but when you watch them at the right time, and that was. When he came over and we were just watching the show, I mean, watching and, and hanging out and stuff, that was like the perfect time to watch a stupid, dumb show. Sure. And and it was so many bad things, but good things and hilarious that I don't know what, you know, made it 
funny, but the other one not. And the only thing I could say was that it, it was funny at the right time. Sure. You know, when I was ready for that. You had, uh, yeah, you had the right, maybe you had the right kind of expectations or just fewer penises. <laughs> fewer penises than that. Right. Yeah. 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 I guess the, uh, there was not many in that one. I, um, I, this past dumb, week, um, I, this past week have been rewatching season four of new girl. Oh have you seen, yeah. Have you seen new girl? I saw, I want to say three seasons. That's a really weird one that, that I don't even know how. I, oh, I know. Zoe, I say her name. I can't remember. Zoe Deschanel. 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 Yeah. yeah. Like I, I liked her in a couple shows and she was in um, Hitchhiker's Guide. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I, I think I, think I, think I saw her. I saw her in. Right. I think I saw her and it was on TV. Like the pilot was. And I was like, okay, I'll watch this. And then it kind of stuck. I was married at the time, so my wife at the time liked it too. So we just watched mm. it, and it became like, okay, let's put this on DBR thing. Um, but we watched three seasons and then quit. It's only, it's still on, isn't it? I think so. I I always lose track with that show. There have been a couple times where I thought that it was done, and then it came back. Yeah. Um, so so how far did you watch? I mean, you said are you say you rewatched it, so you watched it all. Yeah. So I've right? I've seen it all as far as I know. Um, but they just added season six to Netflix and I've watched a lot of it, like the in-between stuff I've seen at least twice. Okay. Um, and I don't remember why I started at season four. I think I knew that there were some funny things like the first episode of season four is them complaining about how many weddings they've had to go to that, that's that spring, summer, that wedding season. Um, which I knew had some funny jokes in it. And then, uh, and then just from there, like it's hard for me to say because there's definitely like the last season or two I've only seen once. Um, but season four is pretty close to the peak as far as, uh, you know, memorable jokes and lines that I use in, uh, you know, completely out of context. I, I felt that my, my feeling on that show was, um, that it was wearing itself out. Now I could, be wrong but i knew like you a show like the office i can watch i think there's seven seasons all seven seasons and they're all have zingers every one of them they're, there's they're very like, rarely like nine episode. seasons and right season eight and nine are pretty rough oh sure eight, and eight so eight is season one right and but but then when that starts to happen it starts to, it, it's like okay we need to end this because it's it's fate we're we're walking we need to walk away because it's getting mm-hmm. bad um but the the new girl felt like it was starting to get tired and they were losing any kind of like where they're going with this show. Um, it's pretty quickly. Yeah. It's more, I was trying to think what to compare it to because um, parks and rec is kind of like the office, but funnier, more ridiculous. Right. Um, where the office tends to be more real in often uncomfortable ways. Um, aside from the, the gym pranks, I guess, but yeah, right. um New Girl is is closer to like a, a mid mid to twenty tens twenty teens. I don't know what we call that now. Um, yeah. uh, Friends version of Friends. Yeah, with, I can agree with that. With different, you know, none of the characters are are direct analogs. Um, yeah, of course, but it's it's the same thing. It's more it's more about people and relationships. It's not a workplace uh, right setting. Yeah. Except sometimes they're in the bar. Right, right, which is their 
it's sort of their version of the coffee the, shop. It's the coffee shop, right? Yeah. Um, well, the, the yeah, I, I like. I actually say so. It was that that show is hard to hard to get into. I think I, unless you've got a reason, and I, I still can't say why that we continued to watch it because the first season was a little rough. It, it's the characters weren't like most shows. The the actors hadn't really gotten into what these characters are yet. Yeah, yeah. Some Zoe Deschanel's character was was really obnoxious. Like they they toned that back a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. And then was, was Schmidt was not endearing. And then <laughs> right. He, I mean, he, he he take he took he took one of those. I mean, he's one of those good characters that later on you, you know is like, oh, Schmidt's the best, and one of the reasons that you watch the show. Yeah, but but he's, he, he's he takes, he's very his writing is very consistent. It is, but he he takes. He comes on. They in the first season they start his like jerk, horrible, bad, you know, personality, which is that's Schmidt too. Um, but that's what you first see. So he's, the first thing he's a little bit like um, he's a little bit like your your character voice from Star Trek Adventures. Oh, absolutely right. You know, and you, you, you <laughs> that, get a like, little bit endearing over time. J- Jersey. I mean, he's his character's from Long Island, but oh it's, right, it's, right. It's that kind of thing that like. But at, over time, it becomes more complex as you get more of his backstory and yeah, and, it uh, it does, and and he becomes he comes you know like I said there's then there's episodes where he's he's you know doing some uh, character growth and stuff. So uh, he I really liked him, but it, again, if you're watching the show and someone says oh Schmidt is the best, and then you watch the first couple episodes, you're like <laughs> I, I don't know you're, you're horrible. He's the worst. I'd never want to watch the show if he's the best thing about it. Um, my my favorite is always Nick, and it's true for. Both of my brothers, I think he's the Nick, he's the he's the young Ron Swanson. Oh like. right, right. Just because well, he's he's, he's kind of grouchy, but he gets he gets some of the funniest lines to, to me. Although I also really like uh, Coach, who's only is he in season three? Uh, he's n- no Coach comes back. I think at four. I think that's I think that's why I like season four because he's. This is going to spoil it a little bit, but he's only in season four. Okay, um, I was he's in the, about that. He's in the pilot, and then he's gone, and then he comes back in season four, and then he leaves again. I don't know what. Okay. I know that. I think for the first three seasons, he was working on a show called Happy Endings, which okay, I I almost like that better than New Girl, but it only ran three seasons. It's oh, it's a, he was a he's a Wayne, right? Yeah, it's um, Damon Wayans Junior. Which really was threw me for a loop because he looks so much like his dad. Like he yeah. looks so much like his dad. My uh, my sister and brother in law were here for Easter, and we were talking about those two shows and those two actors in particular. And my brother in law was like, "They look exactly the same. They could be twins." Because his his dad doesn't look that old. He, he uh, Damon Wayne Senior was in an episode of Happy Endings. And I looked him up on IMDb because I'm like, that guy doesn't look old enough to be his dad. But it's his actual dad in real life. I'm like, okay, you got me. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. You I got mean, me this time. And my sister was like, they they look kind of the same, but they don't look identical. Oh, man. You know? I feel, and so I feel they, like then they were arguing about it. It was funny. Man, I, I, when I when I watched the show, you know, I think that was another thing that got me to watch it was that it, it was I thought it was Damon Wayans. Mm. And, and then he was in there and he, he acts just like his dad and does the same right. kind of thing. And right. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, that had to have been what it was. And they replaced him with Winston after that. But, um, right. Well, he got, he got picked up by the other show, happy endings. Yeah. And then th- they brought him back. Like his lines are very funny, but 
Um, and Schmidt and Winston both have some funny lines, but Schmidt has lines that are just dumb, obnoxious, mm-hmm. and Winston has some lines that are just, they're too absurd. Like, he's almost a cartoon character sometimes. Yeah, right, right. Where Nick is pretty consistently, like, even when he says something ridiculous, you're like, that's that that's still pretty funny. Oh, see, uh, I, th- now, maybe, a, I, maybe I didn't watch enough of it, but I mm. but that, that was a problem for me was that the season two, season three, Nick really bothered me because. Well, yeah, it they complicate it by making him the love interest for Jess. Yes. Right. And that's that's a they they handled that in a way that I've not seen in too many shows. I mean, I don't watch a lot of like mainstream sitcoms, but normally they you know they milk the will they won't they much longer like they did in the office or yeah um some other shows well see i, I guess i'm i'm really tired of the, the milking of the the will they won't they thing i, I really don't like that and so when and season two comes around and yeah they start in this to... show they didn't do that like they yeah. they fulfilled it pretty early on but then then we're like Oh uh, wait, what do we do with this now? Well, see that—that's to me. I I always consider that lazy writing to do what they did was that it's kind of like DC did the thing with the with their superheroes. They're like, oh no, um, I, I'm not even kidding you. Like three or four years ago, they came out with the edict that no superhero can get married because mm-hmm. that ruins their character. And if if, <laughs> if you're, I mean, that just throws that's me a, into all sorts of. That's a cynical view on. It uh, is. It's when they marriage. made like Lois and and. You know, the retro, retro was it retcon Lois and, and Clark being married and everyone else was no longer married anymore. And what's the point of having relationships if, if they can never be happy because it's destined to be doomed? Right. But I, anyway, in, in this way, it was the same thing is that like they gave it together and get them together. And then like, oh, well, we got nothing, nowhere else to go with this. I'm like, crap. Yeah, there's total ways you can have two people who were happy together and still be funny. It's well, okay. they, they did. I mean, they, they were together for like a season and a half almost. Well, but. I know, and they broke them up, and that's what bothered me was that they broke them up, and they made Nick become something that he wasn't. Like at mm. least up into that point, he he seemed like yeah, everyone's crazy. I, I, Schmidt's I, overboard, but Nick really would come back through and be like, "Okay, in the end of the day, I'm actually the one with my clear head on my shoulders and makes sense, and I can come back and be real." At mm. least here, and I mean, he'd have crazy moments, but he would be the one that was at least sane, and then. Sure. He got together with Nick and he was st- or with Jess and they were still great, but then the writers were like, "Oh, we got to break these guys up." And then all of a sudden, wrote him as wackadoo, like immature, not ready for a relationship thing. And like, this is whoa, this is not the same character that it was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, up. I will say, you know, as, as I said, he's my favorite character, but he yeah. his writing does feel like some of the most inconsistent. Yeah, um, I mean, and not not super inconsistent, like um, you know, I don't know, like like early seasons of Parks and Rec, but um, you know, there are times when you're like, oh wait, in season two he said this, but now in season four he's you know he's doing this, like that doesn't yeah. that doesn't fit. Yeah, it, it doesn't. He doesn't fit, and and that, and Nick was by far my favorite character. And then when they really they broke them up, and he became the, his character. What they were totally writing him as is this completely weird, wacky, like man child that mm. you know made no sense whatsoever. While it was very funny, it was just like this is not the guy that I actually liked and signed on for. Sure. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, the guy that's the um, 
really crazy person is now the one that's trying to be stable and get with the other girl. And so, which was, um, um, we just, what's his name? Schmidt. Uh, Schmidt and the girl, the supermodel CC. CC. And like, okay, so, well, now they're going to get them together. And what kind of confidence do I have that they're not just going to get them together and then rip them apart again? Just saying <laughs> they did with Jess and them, because it's just the same kind of cycle of endless relationships. Most shows, I mean, if you go back to friends and i'm sure friends didn't start this but that's that's the first one of these that i saw like they played the will they won't they game with ross and rachel but when monica and chandler get together like that's the that's the normal the stable relationship yeah well that didn't happen until the very end though well right like it 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 took longer to get there but um yeah i don't know i'd have to it's been a while since i watched uh season three it's it's one of those things where like it just depends on your perspective and your time like uh i talk about the office a lot and when i first watched it when i was airing i like most people was super invested in jim and pam like whether they were part of it was not knowing how it was going to go um but just every little every little thing every little hint when he starts dating um um rashida Rashida Jones. jones and she's you know there's this this stress between the three of them in this love triangle and now something like 10 years later looking back on it as as a different person having lived lived more of my life in the interim whatever i look back on those on those scenes and those situations and part of it is knowing that jim and pam are going to work out Um, yeah and part of it is just perspective like i've seen it seen some of it three or four times and going you know man they're these jim Jim and pam are not are not these these perfect relatable protagonists that i saw them as before i'm like they're they're pretty like you know condescending self-focused well that's different because they have all these flaws that that you don't see the first time around and so i think that while I was just as frustrated as anybody else when the Nick and Jess thing didn't didn't work out there in season three, um, looking back on it, it feels like some of the more realistic shows. I mean, a show like this, a, a you know sitcom, yeah, you know for whatever using that yeah. using that term, not a stage sitcom, but a a comedy about a situation, right? Yeah, the semantics um, is always trying to walk this line between realistic realistic and ridiculous yeah. right because fully realistic is not funny right, right. it's just right. it's it's a documentary and yeah. fully ridiculous is not relatable cuz you're like yeah okay this i could go back and watch three stooges or something yeah. um and so so you're constantly you're constantly trying to trying to maintain this balance yeah. And I mean, and, and the, to mention your, your friend's type anecdote is that like Joey was definitely over the top, but then there's some relatable people and some things are real, but right. And yeah, so that. you, some, sometimes you do that with different characters, you know, some of the characters, you know, in, in the office, uh, Jim and Pam are supposed to be the, the straight characters, the normal characters mm-hmm. where the other Michael Scott and Dwight and those are more caricature like they're more ridiculous. Right. Um, well, well, you, and you so had... the the relationship between Nick and Jess not working out does feel like one of those things that it's like 
they try it and it's great and it's you know there's this this euphoria for a while but then eventually you know they start to which is a this is a normal thing that happens in real life once that once that uh endorphin you know physiological experience the honeymoon time the, the honeymoon time people call it people individuals settle back into their normal personality and in many many cases uh the the their partners are not able to um adjust to that uh that personality they thought they were thing which i don't i'm 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 moving into much more serious topic territory than we normally do on this show but um yeah i don't know yeah it 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 was it's okay and it's it's just about what it's just about what makes good writing what makes funny writing i watched the episode of um the writer's room with uh um elizabeth merriweather and jake johnson and the other writers for that show and they talked about that moment in season two the kiss and the other writers on the show are older guys they're old sitcom writers and they're like yeah this was crazy for us because we're like no way you can you can ride that will they won't they for at least a couple more seasons and uh and liz merriweather's like no you know we decided it was it was the right time we're gonna we're gonna do it now and uh because there's still good funny writing that you can do in a relationship yeah i, I always you thought know, that past you could. that point yeah. which which they did and then there's the breakup and then there's still funny there's a, there's a whole episode in season four that's all about how nick and jess very differently deal with um dating other people and the fact that they still live together oh yeah right which of course jess like keeps it a secret and it's a big um like stressful thing for her where nick just uses it as a way to get one night stand girls to leave yeah right right it's the next morning and they're like hey do you want to go to a farmer's market he's like i live with my ex and like they <laughs> right. immediately leave, right? It's well, you know, you know, you know what? Now funny. that I think about it, I think that's that season four is when I stopped watching because I think what happened there was that you know I was so invested in Nick and Jess that mm. watching her go out with somebody else and them introducing new love interests was it just bothered me. Like yeah, was, yeah, oh, that's 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 a thing. I've definitely that's been stuck in me. You know, I don't I don't know if we've talked about how I met your mother on this show, but I watched that whole show and I watched most of it at least twice. Um, and it was, it was my friends where some people got really into friends. Like I really could relate to, to Ted and the other, the other characters in that, their relationships. Um, and to get to the end of the show and realize that they had the ending planned, written and, and, and shot from the beginning. Yeah. Um, unlike you know, a show like Lost or, or BSG where they seem to have lost their way. Yeah. No, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, it was it was incredibly frustrating for me because I was not satisfied with that ending. I didn't I was I was so personally, emotionally invested in the characters and and the situation. I was like, well, how could you have how could you have strung me along for like, yeah, whatever it was, like six, seven seasons for um, this for, for this. I'm like, this was this was like a two to three season story and you you know it's the whole thing with like networks and uh you know they they had the ending written but they 
had to pad the middle when right when, they didn't when the show to. was very successful the network was like no you got to keep going with this right well that's that's how, that's how i feel about new girl i'm not sure i, I mean it's i always am tempted when i see it to to hop back in it and mm-hmm. you, and i will say my my decisions on doing this kind of stuff in the past has proven um to not be good like to, to leave a show because i'm annoyed at something uh, <laughs> I, I always point to um i always point to um uh Game of Thrones is that you know I I got upset at, at Ned dying in, in the first season, oh, and 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 that was me like I'm out I'm done I'm out walk there, away. There was you know? there was so much emotional distress yet to come. You hadn't even experienced <laughs> right, the, right the depths of of sadism that is right. Game of Thrones. So so I and that was enough for me and I was out. But so I, I point to that one as as a show that I walked away from thing and and judged it based on something that I felt at the time and then therefore I just you know cut my losses and moved on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and when when I actually had I stuck hung in there, you know it was worth it. Now some of these things and maybe New Girls one of them is that you can you know you have the perspective of time and other people to say like oh this is this is worth it. You know you can say oh this it didn't work out here but you know stick with it it's going to end up being good. Sure. And you have Netflix that shows. Well, yeah, we live in a we live in a time where you can give up on a show and come back to it two or three years later, and it's still out there available. Yeah, and catch up, right? Yeah, in in some way, it's interesting. um, I I hadn't planned on this this kind. You know, this this is the show. This is how it goes. But um, (laughs) the you know, I've given up on a lot of shows because for various reasons but it seems like if you are if you're upset like if you're if you're in that kind of situation and I've done, definitely done this though often it takes until a show is actually over for me to get this this feeling but that actually should be like it should be an indicator to you that the show is good like yeah. the show is so good I always I always jokingly give this example of um, I was watching The Walking Dead, and okay. how much of that have you seen? I think you've um, seen more than I have. Yeah, I've seen enough about halfway. Or, so yeah, there's a point where one of the original main male characters gets shot by. Okay, that's like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I mean, he doesn't. Thing. He doesn't die from a zombie. He gets shot by another person. Okay. Uh, a, a young. A young person shoots. I don't know why I'm doing this. We spoil everything. Yeah, we on spoil show. everything. Anyway. When when Carl shoots Shane. Okay. Yeah, that's way early. Okay. Yeah, it's like the end of season two or something. Season right. Yeah. Or something it's early. Yeah. Um, and during that scene, I was falling asleep. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. Like I was watching it really late, and I was very tired. So it's not like I don't normally fall asleep during TV shows. But I'm right. like, I I was so not invested in any of the characters on that show that when this big moment happens, the main character's son shoots his best friend who was his wife's lover. Right. Like I'm, I care so little that I'm falling asleep. Yeah. And so if you're watching a show and something happens that is so like disturbing, emotionally distressing, whatever that you're like, it makes you want to stop watching it. Yeah. That it should tell you that the show is good. It, it does. Right. right. Like it, it doesn't necessarily work that way. Um, you know, I've, I've had moments where I wanted to give up on game of Thrones, but, uh, 
I still stuck with it because it's, <laughs> right, right. it's Game well, of Thrones. There are so many people watching it. I don't want to. I don't want to not. Plus, I read all the books, so I don't yeah, want to be it, one of those book readers who gave up on the show. Whatever. Oh, it's, it's, it's annoying how our brains work. But well, let, let's segue from the show here a little bit. I mean, we talk about shows since we are talking about shows, talking and, about shows. And, and things. Is stay on that tomb if and. This week, I know we've last several weeks we've kind of run over in time, so I want to make sure I get this in before it gets too long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd like to spend a little bit of time on our weekly challenge. Weekly if challenge. We can do that, uh, which is if we hit QE weekly challenge music. Bum, bum, bum. Um, now, right right before we do that, did you yeah. say what your good news was? Oh, my good news. Uh, well, I kind of not really, but in a roundabout way, it's it's my that my buddy Bill came down this week and we we got to hang out and. Okay. Um, like a you know, really, really good friend, all that known him since high school. He's been on the show. He'll probably be on the show again. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we just, it's just one of those things. You got a good friend that you can just, it just talks and talks, and you just, you just have never ending amount of just talking about everything in the world that, yeah, you know, the same kind of interests. Um, and that's the way it was from, you know, start to finish. And then, you know, he, he's gone now and gone back up there, and it's still like you still hang out and talk. It's kind of like you and I, how we just, you know, just can talk and we can talk before and after. And it's a good feeling. You know, you get people that have a good friends in, in life that you can do that with. And, and Bill is definitely one that's, you know, the best friend and that I can have on there. So having him come in was a really great, a really great time to do. To, to, yeah, to have. yeah. That was my good news um, <laughs> for sure. Um, but anyway, so the we- weekly challenge, I, I uh, we only had a f- uh, short time with this when we chose the show Godless, Netflix original. It's a Western. Yep. Um, and. Uh, we did, as we mentioned, we recorded late last week, so we only had four days to watch this in. And so I got to, I didn't get to watch it actually until last night. And then, um, you know, watched it, um, just right before I fell asleep was the, the, <laughs> the last bit of it. Not, not in a bad way. I'm not saying that as like, it's, it put me to sleep. It's just, that it's it was a little, it. it's a little bit, I don't want to say slow. That sounds derogatory, but it's a little bit atmospheric. It is. Um, I thought a lot about this today as I was kind of thinking about what I was going to, how I was going to come down on this show. Um, and we have used slow that term for a lot of Netflix <laughs> shows, original shows because they really are, but I don't know if that applies to this. I, I, we should clarify here to our listeners that we only watched two of the episodes. Um, and then we'll watch more of them as we go through these week, this series of weekly challenges. Um, if we like the show and continue to like it. Um, right. uh, but this one's a Western. And it's a it's a series, so it's not like we're watching a movie here, where we we have the beginning and the end, and we expect it to happen within two hours, and there's supposed to be some kind of progression. Um, I guess I come into it expecting that this is going to take a little bit more time to develop, and westerns are gen- generally slower. It's just the nature of them. It's kind mm-hmm. of you know the the characters, I don't know cowboys or whatever, speak slower and talk a little bit more they take their time it's just the characteristics of cowboys in that yeah. western life um, it's like you have to you have to be fully focused and i've i've I been on that. both sides of that like i've watched shows and recommended them to people like um mad men is one of these where i can tell that if people or like downton abbey if people yeah. are not giving the show their full attention then they're going to be bored. They're going to be confused because yes. there's stuff happening on screen that there's no, you know, there are meaningful looks and crap like that. I agree. Um, yes. But I have also been the person on my iPad on Minecraft or whatever, like just listening to the show. And I, yeah, I try to, you know, be aware because I'm 
you know, <laughs> I'm a person who overthinks everything, if mm. our listeners couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, try to tell, try to determine, based on what show I'm watching, or with a group watching, um, how how much I need to be focused on it. Like, is there enough dialogue that I can, you know, be looking, be, you know, be not looking at the screen, but still follow it all? Um but this this show is is not one of those. Like I I got on I don't remember what I was doing. The thing that I do all the time is get on my phone on IMDb and look up actors and actresses. If I okay. think that yeah, I if, right. if yeah, I think that I recognize that. somebody. Yep. Um and then, you know, I'll look at that, I'll look at some of their pictures, I'll see what other things they've been in, and now suddenly I've missed forty five seconds of, of screen but like it's possible I'm not even listening because I'm reading, you know, uh, a show and, and, and movie titles. And now I'm like, uh, who is this guy again? Yeah, yeah. So I watched I watched the first episode a couple months ago, I think. Okay, right. At least a couple weeks ago. And so I just had to watch the second one. And so I went back into the second one, and this show doesn't have recaps. I mean, no. it's a Netflix original, so they don't need them. Some of them yeah. have them anyway, but... They're usually expecting you're going to binge watch this or watch several in a row. Yeah, exactly. And there aren't... There are a lot of characters, but most of them don't matter. At least... Yeah, so far. At least it, so far. So far. Um, it's a little distracting to see Michelle Dockery do an American accent. Uh, I don't know who that one is. Uh, the... Um, Alice, I think her name is Alice, the woman who lives on her own out. With, oh, okay. She has an right. Indian son, sure. a Native American son. I, I don't recognize her from shows, but uh, she's from Downton Abbey. Okay, yeah. I so she's that. she's English, and she you know in Downton speaks with an English her right. normal voice English accent. Um, well, she doesn't speak a whole lot in this. No, she doesn't have a lot of lines, which might right. be deliberate. Right. It's like but, when. Uh, it's like when you see um, Martin Freeman in Black Panther, or oh, right. even more so in Fargo when he's doing the North Dakota, Minnesota Fargo accent. Right, you know that he speaks with a British accent. You're like, English oh, he has, a, he has a normal English voice, and he's, oh yeah, you're going to want to get the, the true coat there on the bottom of your car Right, see, or, you know, if somebody does like a, you know, like a, uh, uh, what is it, a... Um, a Jersey boy accent. It's totally fine. As long as, you know, put it in the context. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so I, I, this, this show, it, it was slow. We mentioned that it was a little bit slow and you, you should wa- watch it. I think that was a good comment that, cause I tried to do that a little bit too. I sat there for a minute and was, was playing um, rivals on my, um, on my iPad while it was playing. And then I realized after one match of rivals that I had missed what was going on. And I, I kind of think I needed to watch that. Um, and so I, I had to stop and just put my iPad down and then rewind it and watch it again because you do need to pay attention. And yeah, it's not that I've, every scene is riveting, but like you said, there's looks or there's important relationship type things that are happening. Um, and that's, it's, that's it's just visual. I mean, uh, you know, I'll say it's it's the rare iPhone or or iPad game that I can play and still pay attention to a show that's on um that's why i say minecraft or like i went through a a phase of time where i was doing um uh what's the app called 
Well, the co- color your own Marvel and oh, yeah, yeah. That's their it. original game that I want to say is called like Papyrus, but I don't think that's right. Papyrus is the font. Okay. It's it's a it's the same thing as the Marvel one, except it's sure. general like you coloring know, stuff. All, yeah. There's a there's a whole stack of adult coloring books out there now, and not yeah, right. not adult like you know gentlemen's yeah. club adult. It's just right, like right. complicated For small grown-ups. shapes. They're yeah, they're coloring books not for kids um and i had an app on my ipad for for that and so like i can do that or i can get on minecraft and just like you know quarry down some straight shafts and stuff and that's mindless enough that i can still be focused on the tv show just like it's the same kind of stuff that i could do uh while listening to a podcast or audiobook sure well, this one, this one, I, I felt that I, I it, it did demand my attention, and it should have. And and I do like, I generally do like westerns. I think you know, for the most part, they're all different. Um, but but I, I really do like them. And this one, so far in the two episodes, I I'm I'm kind of liking it. I mean, I mm-hmm. after I watched that second one, I was um, wanting to watch a third one. And I mean, not that I had to rush right into it, but I. I not for the namesake, but I like Jeff Daniels. His later in life work has been really good. Yes. It's interesting to see him as a very believable villain. Oh yeah. A very believable villain. And, and he's, you know, I don't, I don't know how much they'll drag his story on, not drag his story, but but like if he's just the season one villain or whatever, but he's good. And I think that's whatever it's going to be with that. That's, you know, it's I mean, I'm interested. I'm, the, I'm interested in him. It is it is labeled here as a limited series. It it is. I didn't so know that. It might be one of those things like um Fargo or I mean Fargo is a show that each season is basically a mini series. It's a completely isolated story. Okay. Um I mean, not completely isolated. That's the wrong that's the wrong word. Uh it's it's a it's a distinct story. Right, like season one was one story that took place in t- like 2004. Season two is another story that takes place in like 78 or 79. Right. And so there are some connections. There are some characters, you know, one of the main characters in season one is a baby in season two. But it's not, you know. They're not connected other than that, like, yeah, I, I actually, where I took it was, um, the, uh, like the HBO series, big little liars or, or other ones that like, they have a limited series. I thought it would mean it's like, they've got a story that they want to tell and it takes more than a two hour movie and it doesn't need to be a series that we're going to drag on. We've got a literal story with the, that we're writing it all out and it's one thing. Yeah. And that's the series. What? what we used to call a mini series. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Which I love those. I mean, um, I love those. there's a lot of interesting relationships going on between, um, the, the sheriff's sister and the, the sheriff himself is, is an interesting, you know, I've said on the show before, I really like a, a flawed hero. Yep. And they, where, they set the, him out front. This, with this, this guy is less, um, you know, usually the stuff that I, for whatever reason identify with or, or really, you know, just really enjoy is like a, is like a psychologically broken hero, which is a weird thing to say, but it just is. I really liked house. I really liked Dexter, um, where this guy is not so much that he's more physically broken. 
Yeah. Right? Like, right. he seems to be, you know, aside from having lost his wife, like, he seems to be pretty emotionally and, and psychologically sound. He's just, like, you know, his eyesight's going and he has some physical limitations. Yeah. Um, he's, not, he's, not, he's not the heroic, perfect right, person. Right, right. Which right. is very... Uh, it makes a makes a really good story. It makes very uh, compelling and engaging kind of story. Yeah, and and they also, but they do have the the show makes him like by making him sheriff and not. I mean, because they make him an emotionally sound kind of person and still a, a whole kind of character um, with these flaws. Um, they also do allow like actual heroes there's it seems to be there's like actual heroes in this story mm. that have those other qualities that are like physically mm-hmm. great and perfect but then then they're they've got flaws emotionally so there's right. the, the characters the writing in this one is better than a, your normal netflix original this one is and and maybe it is that whole tag of being limited series that that they're allowed to have okay let's do a full plan of this thing instead of just like a little show that we're just going to throw an idea out for we're going to have right. a real a real thing um so i'm I like it. I like Jeff Daniels. Um, I like the the stranger that is like kind of the main guy. Um, yeah, comes to comes to the, the house at the end. He's very yeah. interesting. As of, as of you know episode two, we still know very little about him. Right, which is good. Right, I mean that's yeah. there's. It seems like that's another thing that's drawing me in is that there's they're doing good with the mysteries that they're they're straightforward characters, but you know that there's some mystery behind each one that I want to learn more about. You're like, is he a deputy or is he a renegade? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who is he? Well, you know, also there was a couple of things in the second episode where it makes which makes me think like um, he's not the he's not the guy he says he is. You know, right, and there's the thing with the letter. Oh yeah, yeah, with the letter. Yeah, it's the letter. He he he's got a letter that has that guy's name on it, but he can't yeah. read. He he can't read. Yeah. Like and who, who is who is writing a letter to a guy who is illiterate? Right, mm. and and he they make several mentions that this guy died like for twelve years was dead, and all of a sudden he's back again. So yeah. what happened so, to him? So is he? Yeah. Is, is he, he an the actual guy, or did something happen to him? Did he get a concussion or something, or you know, did he fake his own death? Who knows? Right. Um, well, not just that. Uh, that with that thing is that I was, you know, I'm wondering if it's it's somebody that came in to just use the name and actually is a good guy because he mentions that. I mean, they're always saying that this guy is going to get hanged and, and that he's got a past and he's murdered at least 12 people. Um, but this guy does not seem to fit that at all. You know, he's, he's totally the heroic type person. Yeah. And, and like, Oh, well I think he stole the identity and wanted to be this thing or escaped as his own kind of past. Um, and then he's taken up this identity and it was a bad identity to take or something like that. But I don't know. The point was, is that it's, it's a good mystery. I want to know more. They're not letting it all out at once, but they're in, in just two episodes. They're, they're revealing enough each time. Uh, and while there's a lot of characters, um, I'm starting to like Westworld where I don't understand all the stories and all the people that are going on. I'm starting to slowly understand each little one, just in two, like the, the sister, of the sheriff, the sheriff himself, um, mm-hmm. the yeah, the, uh, the sister, the, the sheriff's sister seems like a a fairly straightforward, uh, um, 
I don't really want to say feminist, but, you know, liberated woman. Yeah, character. sure. Well, she she's a. Uh... Yeah, she's and, and also she's a lesbian good. and a lesbian. Yeah, she she's good. <laughs> Sadly, that's the only. I know she's in several shows, but that's the only character I've seen her play. Um, mm. That that type of character, and and she was in The Walking Dead and played the same kind of character. Well, she and, was in uh, New Girl. Was she in New Girl? Funny okay, talking right, about New Girl. She right. was. Um, I did not know that. She was Schmidt's old girlfriend from when he was fat. Oh, okay, right. Okay, I do remember that. Yeah, right. Um, so I guess I have seen her in that. But so the only thing I've seen her is play like a lesbian character that's, you know, standing up for being who she is and type stuff. So while I liked the character in The Walking Dead and she yeah, died, a, was killed off, I, I, I thought there's so a conversation I, I like there about about typecasting. That's right. a little a little and, too political for this show. But right. And, and it maybe it is a typecasting thing. But I, I've liked that character and I've liked the things she's done. And I like her in this one doing the same role. So and it fits well and it it's it's a compelling and in, in the world. So I'm not against it. Or it, that it, you know, it's a good thing to have in here because it's she's a good character, um, and anyway, and obviously the antagonist is awesome and complex and uh, got all sorts of angles and sides to him. Um, the 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 lady out in the in the you mentioned the English lady speaking American accent. She's she's interesting. I like the story that all the miners in town died and they're just women in town. Um, yeah, Which, it's, a, it's an unusual premise. Yeah. So anyway, I, I like it. It's a, it's a good thing. It's not until the second episode that they finally under you understand the title "Godless." Um, when he when uh, Jeff Daniels says, "Oh you know, yeah," because there's this weird there's this weird thing with uh, Jeff Daniels' backstory where his whole family was raped and murdered by uh, a some kind of rogue Mormon. Right, and he was raised by the guys that were yeah, yeah, guy that raped and murders thing, right? Um, that's, a, that's a weird, that's a weird thing. Not since, not since Deadwood have I seen anything even remotely yeah. like. But yeah, that's it's part of the, it's part of the Western genre. Like unlike sci-fi or fantasy, the Western genre is fairly small, right? Like yeah. it's it's contained. You you're. You're working within these parameters. Yeah, you're not worried about what's a, happening across the world. It's a small, I mean, right. historically, it's a period of like 20 years at most. Oh, really? Is that it? I mean, it's basically post-Civil War, right? So the Civil War ends in 65. Yeah. Right. It's in the late 1800s. This one's 1886, yeah. I think. La- late late 1800s. And then by the time you get to 1880, 1890... You're getting really close to the Industrial Revolution. All right, right. I mean, that's all kind of happening in that period, but once you get to the turn of the century, stuff really starts to change. Those yeah. those territories uh, become states, and then they have more uh, law and order. I'm, gonna, I'm putting quotes around that a little bit. That's a yeah, another weird political thing, but. Um, you know, once you have, once a territory becomes a state, now you don't have, you don't have people just executing justice with a pistol and getting away with it. Like you have courts and judges and, uh, you know, all of that stuff. So that, that whole cultural climate changes, you know, and it's, there's all the various, um, like mining rushes and stuff that that drove a lot of that the territorial expansion as 
the country recovered from the Civil War. Yeah. And so you're telling stories in this in this framework. And so you can tell, you know, you can tell stories about towns and the natives and you can go from the the northern kind of uh the Dakotas and stuff where there were some mines and there were you know different things buffalo and and all of that and then you can go way south where uh interactions were happening with uh Mexicans and and all of that but you can't you can't go too far outside of that framework i mean you can do right. crazy stuff like put aliens in there but uh, or <laughs> right. cowboys or, aliens right or steampunk robots west but you're really you know you have these parameters within yeah, which you know, it's to funny tell that i didn't story. really realize it was such a such a small time span i mean i guess it is you know after the civil war and that that 1800s late 1800s i mean thing, r- really at most you're talking about like 30 40 years so i'm i'm narrowing right. it a little bit but i really think that the bulk of it happened in like a couple decades right well it, it was you know, it, it's it's a good storytelling area where you have like a lawlessness type thing. With there's but there's law trying to be people who are law abiding mixed with lawlessness. It's a re- that's where the swirling mix of stuff happens. Where you've mm-hmm. got cities that are trying to grow and trying to be, and people who are moving out into this area that have a what they at that time was modern sensibilities. And there's a code and moral code mixed with people who are absolutely the opposite who have no moral code and no law right. and you, you put them straight together and and it's they're expected to interact at all times i mean they have you know you have gunslingers walk into town and it's not like the 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 sheriff immediately arrests them you know they they just they're part of the civilization the, i mean it's part of it's part of what made firefly so good yeah. Right. And there are there are aspects of Firefly that have not aged well in the last 15 years by modern sensibilities, but it's this idea of like take the Firefly story and and a setting and take it out of space. Right? Yeah. And and what do you have? Malcolm Reynolds is a Confederate captain. Yeah. Right. Or an officer of some kind. And you know, he his side lost and so he moves he goes out west with his posse yep. and they do what they can and they've got a guy who with him who's a doctor but he's not really on board with the with the lawlessness and yeah. they've got a a prostitute with them and you know it's different of course but yeah. it's a very clear i mean you know they make that clear in the in yeah. the theme music for that show but it's definitely um that same the same kind of, feeling of that Western. It, that's what makes it the Western type stuff. Yeah, right? it's that storytelling framework. Well, I I, I do like this one, and, and I'm I'm happy to to continue on with you know two more episodes and, and sing through this one because um, yeah, I'm a little I'm a little bummed we we decided to change formats and and stick with the whole show like a day before Lost in Space came out. <laughs> oh right, right, yeah, because that one I also this want to is, watch as well. This is only seven episodes, and like we said, it's it's probably done. Yeah, uh, so we'll have we'll have a couple more weeks um, of this, and then and then we'll give that a try. Hopefully, well, it we can suck. we can let's say we can do two this week. But if we if we want, I mean, you and I can communicate outside of the the show and maybe watch an extra one or two if we if we are so compelled. It's amazing, or maybe it's it becomes a snooze fest, and we. I mean, we, we got five left, so if we stick to two, 
we'll have one week where we only watch one. Right. True. Right. So, so we'll work. We'll work that out. But anyway, yeah. it's so far. If if anyone's listening to it, uh, we've had so many disappointing Netflix originals. <laughs> this this one's feeling this one's feeling pretty good and solid. I'm I'm, I'm liking it so far. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, um, you already watched along with us those first two episodes. Otherwise, we spoiled a bunch of stuff. But yeah, well, it's uh, it's early enough that there there have been no major spoilers. I, don't I thought it was interesting how they committed to CGIing Jeff Daniels' arm right off the back in the first episode. Oh yeah, I. Like I said, there was a gap between I saw the first and second episode and that whole scene where he's with the um, Norwegian family yeah. and he's he's standing there and I'm like, oh, shoot, he he only has one arm. Like I'd forgotten all about that. Oh, yeah, that, that was like uh, a major thing. That's well, that's the major whole point is that that one guy shot his arm off. Mm, right. So right. and that's why he's after him. Roy Good or something like that. Um so yeah, it's that that actually that you mentioned that going back a little bit to it, that scene where he's with the Mormons and whatnot was a weird scene for me because that's one where I was trying to not pay attention, and then I really <laughs> and I had to I had to it's, look back. Yeah, and it's realize, a it's an info dump. It's a big know, info dump, and I was like, exposi- oh wow, expositional scene. I was like, I was like, what's going on with this with this family? And that was a point where I turned the subtitles on because I'm like, are they? Because sometimes that happens with streaming services whatever like if you have subtitles off you're not gonna see when people are speaking a foreign language and there should be subtitles sometimes netflix is is better than that generally but i turned it on just to make make sure and they're like you know speaking norwegian or speaking right yeah something uh well and so i was like okay so i'm not supposed to be able to understand what they're saying what they're saying yeah and yeah like his group comes on their group and like you know shows up at their camp and i'm like oh, man what's what's going on i remember from the first episode that he does the thing with the train and i'm like is this gonna be like there are kids here they're you know what what it's is this and then it's just you know him being very creepy telling them his whole story like like hannibal lecter and yeah i thought it was just gonna be a, a bad guy scene where he's just gonna do a bad guy thing and that's it's for us, right? It's like yeah, it is. It's like when um, when Daredevil season one had a whole episode about uh, Kingpin and his his like daily Where he routine. Came from. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Giving giving us you know the the context for the villain. Yeah. Um, which and, is and- which is interesting. I also just like I like a I like a broken hero. I like a complex villain. I, I totally do. That's, I'd that's much what, prefer right. a complex villain to a like quasi villain having a redemption arc. Yeah, I agree. Like I, 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 agree. I don't, I don't have a lot of patience for villain redemption arcs. I'm like, can't, it's my can't I just hate the guy? <laughs> right? Can't he just like have gone in a bad path and like? Do you have to make him right? nice now? Like you started right. out with? I don't mind a complicated villain that's like, um, you know, like a Deadpool or the character of Blaine on iZombie, which I know you haven't yeah. seen iZombie, right. but he's like a oddly likable villain. Like that's yeah. interesting to me, but right. I don't like to hate a guy and then have him have a redemption arc that. Yeah. Right. Feels, you, want, you, you never want to forgive him for that. Right? It, it, it feels bad. Well, and I, I like, I like the, it's one of the things I worry much about um, the Marvel movies is that they, they, they don't 
have enough complexity in their villains. Uh, Loki is a perfect example that one that wore it was and worked out and everybody liked. Yeah, and there's that's a reason what I was for say. it because it had that. Yet I'm he's I'm the really only worried. Marvel villain anybody knows. Right, I'm really worried that they if they they the one thing they'll drop the ball in in this next movie is is Thanos that they that he's actually one of the reasons I like him so much and I think a lot of people do like him is that um, he is a pretty complex villain and like he's got he's one of those guys that. You feel, I mean, he thinks he's right and he's mad. As, he's definitely the mad Titan, but he thinks as, he's right. As I understand it, he's kind of a, like a druid type. He's a true neutral and his, his, uh, his scheme, his grand, grand plan is to kill half of everybody, which somehow will bring balance. Not a lot of that makes sense to me, but. Yeah, um, see, that's the thing is that a lot of his stuff doesn't make sense. But when he says them or when he's rational, rationalized it out, it's like, oh, I see where he thinks this is right. But he's totally crazy. Mm, I mean, he's yeah, he's, you're he's into totally, super yeah. villain logic, right? Yeah, right. Like, oh, Which yeah, I, that makes I no assume sense. a lot of that is, you know, because I've never read the comics. I'm getting bits, bits sure. and pieces from um, Geek Scholars and other podcasts. Right. And obviously you can't communicate that amount of information in a trailer sure so and, well yeah. that's right i'm hoping that they, they get they do spend some thanos time there's a lot in this movie to spend on let alone and marvel has not proven that they've been okay with investing in their their <laughs> villains the um, villains yeah right with which they should because that's until their most successful until one. thor ragnarok where they they got uh kate blanchett to play Right. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. I hope that she's she's death. I don't, I don't know if she's in this one, but I hope that because she is the goddess of death, and Thanos loves the goddess of death, and that would, that would really work perfectly. But you know, in a perfect world. Um. Anyway, uh, this going back to the godless at the end to wrap this up here with this is that I I think he does have a good, interesting, backstory character where he's crazy, but he's got moments of sanity. Which makes him even more terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see, to yeah. see where this like, goes. Like there's a so, couple times when he talks to the doctor and you think, oh, he's a he's a likable villain. But he's clearly – and then you find out like what he did. And then when he like lynched the town and he's just standing there, crazy man. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, he's not – he's totally a villain. And then all of a sudden he talks to um, – you know, he's talking to people in a normal thing. He's talking about – but the Bible or whatever. And then he goes and, um, he gets mad at the guy that's, uh, the newsman, you know, and he right. threatens, he threatens his kind of stuff in a very cold and calculated way. Yeah. So yeah. this is, this is a guy that can snap and go crazy and kill somebody in a shot because he shoots, he shoots a dude right in the head for just saying, who do you think I am? But then, then he, he feels like you can rationalize with him. It's the, it's but you the do, thing. you're, you're at your own peril. It's it's funny. I had um, a, somebody I knew in college the first time I saw um, a Silence of the Lambs referred to Hannibal Lecter as an amoral character, and I I had never really kind of thought about that concept at the time. Yeah, and that's really what this guy is. And I liked what you said about his interaction interaction with the newspaper man because it is that very slow, very cold very controlled kind of villain which is what i'm gonna you know this is not specifically last jedi but (laughs) all all of the the new trilogy right 
what makes Kylo Ren like what undermines him as a villain is his lack of emotional control. Like, yeah, right. I'm sure for somebody, for some audience demographic, and I'm not casting any specific aspersions, but to a certain demographic, his like temper tantrums of just you know destroying a piece of equipment in the wall with his lightsaber because he's angry yeah is appealing and is emotionally satisfying to me it completely undermines him as a villain yeah i'm like oh this this guy is completely out of control what what kind of threat does he have against somebody who has control over their emotions like in in that in that contact in that contest between a guy who is throwing a temper tantrum one is a child and the other is an adult yeah right, right? like it's 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 nothing it's completely it's like can, okay you're, you can easily see how people could be thrown off balance you know the answer to the to the to the crazy off balance person you know? i mean and and that's it's the opposite of the original like part of what made part of what made what made Vader so intimidating is that people around him would get upset, right? They're like, they're like, oh, don't threaten us with you. You know, they're like, they're getting upset because he's, you know, making promises not fulfilling and they're, they're kind of disrespecting him and stuff. And he's like, hey, don't, you know, just don't like he's calm. He's like, hey, you're, you're, you're making me a little bit mad. And they're like, oh, you know, he almost killed that guy. Right, Um, right. And, you know, then when you meet Luke, he's a he's a kid. He's completely um, lacking any kind of emotional control. He's just whiny and impulsive. And so you get that sense of like, okay, this guy is good and this guy is evil, but he's more clearly powerful for sure. The 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 guy who's evil is more powerful and he's more in control, which adds to his power. Yeah, I agree. Well, in, in this one, this this villain here is is that is very much, I mean, I, it's he's wild. I mean, he, because he's he's like well, psychotic is the thing is that he's you know he's, calm and then can be well, yeah, know, it's brutal, that, but then logical, you, but then not. And it's it'll be interesting to see where this goes because his context of being raised by this rogue Mormon who murdered and raped his whole family will give him this kind of like a sympathetic like, thing like amoral perspective well right? i like Where, to use the word amoral because that's actually what, what instead of using that word the word i wanted to use for him was he's godless i mean he right. is the name of the show which is the name of the show and yeah. so he's he's chaotic in the in the truest sense of the word like there's you can't at all predict what he's going to do because he has no he's not beholden to a moral code yeah, and and that's that's what even makes him even more interesting and complex because he does understand that there is a moral code and that there's like he 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 quotes the Bible and he talks about the good book and 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 you know God and stuff, but he he knows all about that and he kind of yeah he and addresses he was, it and says it, but then he says you know hey out here and what I am no it's godless this is what I am I you know there is no God here I know what the, I know what God is I know all about it. But no, you're in the West, which is actually really yeah. Good it's thing. like in that time in the 1800s, he was presumably raised under a traditional Christian, almost puritanical worldview, and then had this this you know trauma seems like too small a word for what happened. Mm-hmm. His whole family 
and then was raised by this guy who had a very twisted version of that that belief system right and so and so he's now seen both sides and is now crafting his own or not even crafting but like because he's an old man now he is now living by his own even different than either of those two yeah so it's more like you know i know i just said chaotic but it's almost more like a more like a lawful evil right where he has a code but nobody else knows it you know to to wrap this up i think that this is something that makes this show good is that <laughs> as we're just talking about it it makes me more interested in the show yeah yeah you know i mean i, feel I mean the same. As, as we start picking it apart i really like how there's it seems to be more layers of complexity and i now think that i could probably go back and watch that that mormon scene where he's with those people or those norwegian people and then get a lot more out of it than what i saw at that first go and that makes yeah yeah, and that makes it that makes it a good show unlike other star wars shows which shall not be named which got worse (laughs) as as you as you started to think and talk about them everything falls apart and gets worse um i i like this one is is giving me all sorts of those you know good vibes of um I'm really interested cerebrally, you know, intellectually um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for this show. So, yeah, which is great in a, in a Western. But, well, that was, All that right, was a good, good thing. Yeah, that we got a little got a little intense a little bit. Okay, yeah, so if if anybody is at all confused, I, I feel like we've explained it, but the, the new format for the weekly challenge is we are going to watch two more episodes, at least – that's the amount so far. We're going to keep watching Godless through the rest of the show. Um, unless we, I mean, I can't imagine getting like four or five episodes deep on this series and, and giving up horrible. on it. Right. There are only seven. So right. um, we're going to watch two more. And so you should watch them also with us. Right. And well. they are a full hour to hour and 10 minutes long. Like they, they yeah. don't, they don't have like commercial breaks or little no, lulls. No. Every scene seems to be like, watch this scene. Something's happening here. It's very, yeah. it's very Game of Thrones, not Game of Thrones. It's very HBO style format. Yeah. So, so when, when you're when you're watching when you're watching a scene, it's important, you know. And you you got so you're watching it for the full hour and ten. Yeah. There's not a lot of it's like I said, it's it's slow and atmospheric, but they're not really wasting time. Like you're still you're seeing and you're getting character development in these looks in these slow uh, kind of thoughtful scenes yeah and they, and they don't waste they don't waste so far they've not wasted my time with like i mentioned i thought that 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 scene was where he was just going to be a bad guy and we're just reestablishing that he's a bad guy doing bad things but no it's actually more character development or it's, they have another, a lot of a new person and it's a lot of backstory yeah, yeah watch it so yeah so this is good so far you should watch it with us this for sure one. for sure all right well that's good for us this week man we're yep, right at it yep we, we covered a lot of we actually running a little long yeah, still, we'll, the godless we'll did it cu- for us again. We'll, so. we'll cut out all that stuff about the weather at the beginning. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. This has been The Front Porch, episode 34. If you like the show for some reason, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you're already subscribed, if you can leave us a positive review um, on iTunes there, that really helps us out a lot. Special thanks to Geek Scholars Movie News. If you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com slash 34, you'll find show notes for this episode and um, contact forms where you can let us know all the things that we're wrong about. Well, until next time, this is Dennis. This is Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. Night, guys.